<laughs> Some of you are like, what just happened? Um, hey, stand up with me. Stand up. Say hi to somebody next to you really, really quick. Say hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. That's good. Sit down. <laughs> sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Did that feel really disingenuous? No, come on. This is like speed relationship. Uh, the reason why I had you do that is it's the early service. I'm super, super, super pumped. And uh, I, want to, I want you to kind of be pumped with me and get the blood going just a little bit. This is a great, great, great morning. Do I ever really get excited about stuff? Slightly when I talk. Today I'm really excited. We've been working for over a year for this day and been, been thinking about praying for it for a long time. A lot of things have been in the uh, works for it. And uh, this concept of, of this personal 50-day adventure with God, this is off the chart. So let me just tell you really quickly where we're going, and then we'll come back to it. First of all, we, we've made this phenomenal tool, which uh, uh, we totally ripped off from somebody else. But we made it our own, and uh, uh, really excited about it. This tool that will help you in your life grow one step closer to God, and just continue to track along with Him, and help you to engage the areas of your journey with Him that needs development. So, at the end of our time today, I'm going to tell you more about that tool, and we'll kind of explain how it works. And, uh, and for the next 50 days as a church, we're going to do this together. There's been a few times in K2 where we have done, like, the same thing together uh, for a period of time, and it's, it's been one of the most exciting times when, when we do that, to, to know that you're, you're walking along the journey with me, and I'm doing it with you, and, and we're together, and we're experiencing the same thing. So, for the next 50 days leading up into Christmas time. We are going to take the challenge to really seek his face personally in our life and really take a a true, honest assessment to determine where we're at. Because that's kind of the big question. If I were to ask you right now, where are you in your personal journey? We would get all kinds of different answers, wouldn't we? We'd get answers of like personal journey. (laughs) <laughs> what is that? You know, uh, uh, some of you are, are thinking about that. You're maybe here for the first time or, or maybe recently to K2. Maybe you're just coming back for the first time in your life after being away for a, a while or whatever. You're just kind of checking out how God might fit into your life and how you might fit into his in this relationship. So you might be at the front part of it. There are others of you in here that have been tracking along this journey for eons, for a long time. And, you, and you've, been, you've been going for it for a while. You've got a whole separate bunch of issues, right? If you've been walking with Jesus for a long time. And so no matter where you're at, in the very beginning of it, or, or down the road, or somewhere in between, where are you honestly? If I were to ask you to assess your relationship with God right now, what would it look like? What would be the highs? What would be the lows? Have you ever played that uh, high-low game? You know, what was the high of your relationship? What's the low of it? What does it look like? What are the things that, that you would rather not stand up in front of a crowd and tell people, this is an area with God I'm totally lame at, right? The things that you wish would change, the things that you're great at. So we're going to take kind of assessment in the next 50 days and kind of ask that question, where am I on the adventure with God, this journey with God that I'm, I'm going? And we've got a great tool. And so I, I can't wait to share that with you and kind of unveil that in a few moments. Let's start with this, though. When I mention the word adventure, quick, just think, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Yeah, fun, right? For some of you, uh, what came to your mind was scaling cliffs, right? Hanging with one hand, chalking up in your chalk bag, right? A little uh, Sylvester Stallone action. Anybody? No. Uh, what, what I'm guessing is, most of you is like, you want to talk about adventure? Four hungry mouths, mac and cheese overflowing on the stove. That's adventure, man. 
That's risky stuff right there, right? So we're all over the map when it comes to adventure. Some of you are like driving fast is very adventurous. Brian, are you with me, right? Driving really fast is adventurous. Some of you, I look around in here and I just know that you have a personal record already with, uh, with the cops. We're driving fast, right? And just living that way or hiking the greatest peak. For some of you, it's like maybe not getting in the car with me, right? That adventurous could be just doing something uh, more quiet. We're wired so differently, aren't we, when it comes to adventure? But most of the time when we say adventure, there's this stereotypical uh, description that comes to mind, isn't it? You think of REI. You think of carabiners. You know, and things that will, that will uh, be adventurous and fearsome. And I remember I, I used to work at an outfitter. <laughs> and um, I used to sell climbing equipment. And this guy came in one day. He didn't know anything about climbing equipment. He's like, I'm here for climbing equipment. Excellent. You've come to the right place. We have climbing gear. And uh, he goes, show it to me. We walked over and he's like, what's the difference between these carabiners? I'm like, well, that one's blue. This one's, you know, this color and that color. And they're used for different things. He picks one up and he goes, that'll work. Like, wow, (laughs) what kind of adventure are you doing? He's like, I'm going to go hang off a cliff. I'm like, good luck. All right. So all kinds of adventure, no matter what it is for you, we're all kind of different on that. But when it comes to K2, we often refer to K2 as an adventure with God. If you take a look at the word adventure, there's two things that are true about that. The first part of adventure is this, and this is just the, the definition. It's an exciting or extraordinary event or series of events. It's something, it's a particular moment, it's an event, it's extraordinary, it's outside the norm. The second thing it says here is that there's, there needs to be a participation or willingness to engage in the things that are uncertain or risky. That's what, that's what an adventure is, according to the, the dictionary. So two things. One, it's a particular event. It's a point in time. It's just, it's just not something that's normal. It's just not the, 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 the normal kind of deal. It's extraordinary. It's outside what you normally experience. And that's why we call K2 an adventure with God. When we started this deal... When God called us to do this years ago, um, we just kind of looked around the table at each other and we just said, you know what, we can't just do the normal thing. Can, take, can K2 do anything normal? No, it's just kind of in our DNA. Let's just not do just the normal thing. Let's, let, if, if we're going to walk with God, let's just think with this for a minute. If, if, if God, the maker of the universe, completely wipes out our sin, gives us his love letter wants to radically change your life and my life. Is that extraordinary? That's all right. (laughs) It's the most profound thing that has ever happened in, in, in human history, ever. There's nothing that can top that, overshadow it or anything. And so when we thought about K2 years ago, we're like, how can this be anything but extraordinary? People falling in love with God. In fact, I have this little saying, I ripped it off from somebody else. It's kind of a sin to bore people with the gospel, isn't it? How can you be bored with the gospel if you fully understand it? It's an adventure with God. Something that I've never experienced. Something that I maybe have never encountered before. And I believe with every fiber of who I am then, that God has brought you here by no accident. That God has designed K2 by no accident. And many other churches across the valley like this. So that we would have extraordinary engagements with the one who wants to have a relationship with us. Who's in? Because I'm so into that. Here, all right. I'm so into that. I, I want that. 
There's nothing more than I can imagine in my life than that sort of relationship. I hope you hear it here all the time. I'm, I'm not describing religion. I'm describing a relationship with God. And that's what we're going to do for the next 50 days. But see, here's the second thing. So not only is adventure an extraordinary event, a series of events, something that you engage that is outside the norm. Not only is it that, but from Webster's Dictionary, adventure is, is something that you participate in, you engage in, right? That you actually do. And I think this is a major breakdown in our culture today. See, I don't have to go fishing anymore, do I? No, I can turn on TNN and go fishing with Bill Dance, right? Am I right? Yeah? Yeah? And it's, you get the whole experience. Fishing by TV. It's great. You actually feel like you've been. Because you'll be on the boat with Bill Dance. You can almost like, if they had smell-o-vision, that would probably be the only thing that's missing, right? A little bit of squirt of water from the TV. But you're fishing with Bill Dance. He'll even go, oh, son, look at that. As he picks up the bass, and I just used a 1.2-ounce, three willow whipper snipper on the top, and I trolled it down low, and look at what I got. And I'm sitting there in my armchair like, yeah, we got that, Bill. We got it, baby. You get another one while I sit here you know, sucking down this Diet Coke, right? So there's kind of this breakdown in our culture today. I don't actually have to go out and experience it. I just, I can experience it through the TV. Anybody see the new movie Surrogate? Good. Yeah, that's, that was a real winner at the box office, right? <laughs> like nobody here. All right, let me give you the premise. Bill, uh, 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 Bruce Willis plays a, a cop. Go figure. Yeah, he plays a cop. <laughs> like every movie, I'm going to be a cop in this one. And he's a cop, and, and, and it's kind of set in the future. And the whole premise of the movie of Surrogate is that you can plug in to a computer, you know, kind of matrixy, right? And, and, and there's a whole entire android that lives your life out in the real world. So you actually don't have to go live your own life. Let's just all hum along. I think it's a C sharp. I don't know what it is, but someone's running to the stage. Let's all clap together. Surrogate is all about how you can have this Android. Yay! That uh, good job, Lamb. Woo! <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> that concludes our service. Um, <laughs> you have this whole Android that actually lives your life for you. You don't actually have to go out and live. And it's, it's this, this surrogate lifestyle. It's our culture today. It really, really is. Number one cause of child o- 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 obesity in America today. New study just came out. Video games. It was great. Anybody, any Top Gear, uh, 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 Top Gear lovers in here? Have you seen the TV show Top Gear? They test, oh, thanks, Vinny. They test these amazing, great, exotic cars. And I absolutely love, love, love the, the show. They're, today we've got a Lamborghini Gallardo. We're going to drive it. It doesn't have a cup holder. And that's pretty much the whole entire show. So what they did is they did one entire segment in Top Gear about how the real Ferrari F430 compares to the Xbox. So they played the Xbox, and then they drove over to, to Italy, and they actually raced the F430. Guess what the conclusion is? Yeah, it's not really hard, but it was a great 30 minutes of watching this. It doesn't compare at all. They're like, it's totally different. You think? Really? Really? For one, it's a lot more money, right? And, uh, and you, yeah, so it doesn't even compare. But it, it, the whole th- deal when it comes to adventure is that it's an extraordinary event, and you have to participate. You have to participate. Remember Second Life, this great this thing that came out on the Internet 
where, where you, can just, you can actually go and, and live your second life, and it's this big role-playing thing. It's all over. So when it comes to an adventure with God, it's extraordinary. You're called to engage. You're called to participate, not just be an observer. And I think for years and years and years and years and years, because this is kind of my story, I've slipped into being an observer at times. I think it's easy in the church to slip into just observing, to vicariously living through others and not necessarily participating. Because if you participate, if you get involved, what it really means then, just the definition of adventure, it means that it's risky. So you can't really have adventure if there isn't risk. Then everyone would be doing it. It's risky. It's dangerous. An adventure inherently is, is uncertain, isn't it? That you, you don't know what's around the corner. You, you might be calculated in your plan. You might be moving forward. But you, you don't know what the next page is, the next chapter is. So before we go any further, I really need you to wrestle with this question. In your personal adventure with God, in your relationship with God, your journey with Him, would you say that you have been an active participant in that? Or have you just been merely observing? The follow-up question is, what do you want to experience? If you were able to just play any wild card in your relationship with God, what would you want to experience with Him? If you could describe your relationship with Him any way you want, what would it look like? Would you just observe or would you participate? Any White Snake fans in here? Come on, Andy, come on. Yeah, thank you. I knew, I knew you'd be here. I'd count on that. Remember the song, Here I Go Again, by White Snake? We should play White Snake at church. It's, just, it's a great rock and roll band. Remember this song? I don't know where I'm going, but I sure know where I've been. I'm hanging on to the promises in songs of yesterday. And here I go again on my own, going down the only road I've ever known. You know what he's describing there? I'm just kind of aimlessly going. I'm like stuck in a rut. Ruts are dangerous, aren't they? I was at the top of Mill Creek Canyon a couple years ago, and I was riding my mountain bike on this kind of this knife edge of a cliff area. It was fantastic. And uh, it was about a 15-mile ride loop that, w- that went around. And, 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 and for a portion of it, right on the top of this ridge, there's this road. I'm like, oh, great, a road. It's great because there was so much other dangerous terrain. And so I was kind of looking forward to this little bit of a break from that for a moment. And I got onto this dirt road, and I'm going along. I'm like, wow, those are some deep ruts. These ruts, I'm not kidding you, were like three feet deep. I'm like, who makes those, you know? And, and why are they there? And I'm just trying as hard as I can. I was looking forward to this dirt road, and here are these ruts in the middle of the road. And you know what happened, don't you? I'm blazing along. At, it always happens when you're going breakneck speeds. I don't know why this doesn't happen when you're standing there, right? So I'm going like 20 miles, 18 miles, I don't know. I'm just blazing downhill on my mountain bike and I'm just trying so hard and, and my friends are behind, I'm with a group of people and there's lots of people there and I'm like, yeah, this is great. And I got stuck in the rut and I went down. I flipped my bike end over end, ripped my shirt up, bled. My shoulder was just this bloody, bloody mess and I stood back up. I didn't even see that. I stood back up and everyone Right, and it was actually kind of cool. It didn't hurt that bad, but like five miles down the road, you get off and you got blood just driving people like, what happened to you? I'm like, it's just a flesh wound, right? You just act very cool. <laughs> oh, that, you got a Band-Aid, like a, preferably a small one, just put it on there. Um, but you get stuck in the rut, they're dangerous. 
you can't get out. And I think sometimes our life is like that, our spiritual walk with God, this adventure that we're called to. Sometimes we just get stuck in this rut that we've created. We don't know where to go. We don't know what to do. So we just kind of keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. In fact, that's the whole definition of a rut. Listen to this from Webster's. A routine procedure. That's a rut. A situation. A way of life that has become uninteresting or tiresome. Wow. Ouch. A boring routine. A humdrum experience. A habit. A dead end. I think the, 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 the bad news is, I, I think that actually describes a lot of people's relationship with God. It's not extraordinary anymore. I'm just kind of doing the same thing over and over again. I, I guess I'm kind of participating. Maybe, I don't know if I'm engaging. I'm just kind of going. I'm just doing it. It's humdrum. It's boring. What, what is this? I think sometimes that, that's the problem of people that, that are in relationship with God for a long time. Sometimes you can just get in a rut and you need to wake up. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. How can we challenge ourselves as a body of Christ to actually engage with God in such a way that it would profoundly change our lives again and again and again and actually get some traction? There's no one sitting here today that cannot use more traction in their relationship with God. As I asked you earlier, what are areas, if you, if you could, that you would just change, that you would actually engage with God, that you wish were different? We all have them. We all have areas where we need to continue to, to fall deeper in love and madly in love and, and, and areas of our life that we just need to confess to God and continue to get more and more traction in and avoid this rut in our life. I remember... Um, Hey, my dad's here. He's doing, uh, 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 sitting up here doing security today, so, so uh, don't make him flex. But my dad, if you've met Chuck, and uh, hi. And then I, my mom in the back. Raise your hand, mom. Hi, mom. Everybody say, hi, hey, mom. And then my grandmother. Hi, grandmother. We actually call her Grammy, Grammy Jane. So you can, you can say hi to Grammy Jane. Um, we all grew up in Tucson. and uh, Well, some of us. I was birthed in Tucson and <laughs> grew up there and always grew up in church. Always, 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 always. But I was reflecting later on in my life. I mean, my parents did a great job at raising our family in, in, in the church and really introducing us to Christ and, and making sure that that was a cornerstone, a foundation of our life. But I remember reflecting back on my, 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 uh, my life in, in church and, and if, if, if to save my life, I actually could not remember much of what I learned. When I think about church growing up, uh, what, I, what I remember is, you know, while church was going on, crawling underneath rows of chairs from the front to the back. You know, people, you know, and, and, and learning how to pick locks in the church. I'm the reason why they put deadbolts on most of the church doors. And I was a total church rat, finding new places in the attic. And that was kind of my whole church experience. And I grew up that way and knowing the right answers and knowing what to say, but never really making it my own. And somewhere around college, into my high school, going into college, really asking the question, what does this mean for me? See, see, I think it's easy growing up to just kind of inherit the faith of your, your parents, isn't it? Or just to kind of inherit the faith of your spouse. Or just to kind of inherit whatever it is. Or just kind of going and, 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 and being caught up in, in, in whatever's going on. And just kind of agreeing to a set of facts. But when I think about this personal adventure... When I think about what, what it is that God is calling me to, it doesn't matter what my parents believe. 
It doesn't matter what your spouse believes. It doesn't matter what everyone else believes. The real, the real question is, what do you believe? What, what is it when it comes to your relationship with God, your adventure? We have to start taking responsibility for, for our connection, our engagement with him. And it's tough. It's really hard when we get stuck in these ruts and, 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 and life becomes humdrum. It's very, very difficult to make sure we're tracking along with that. The good news is, though, that all throughout the Bible, people were fraught with this problem. With the problem of not, not fully experiencing, not fully engaging. I want you to look at this in Romans chapter, uh, chapter 12. Paul is talking here, and he says, listen. He's talking to the Romans. He says, listen, here's, here's what I want you to do. Verse, verse 1 here. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, and then he kind of explains what that is. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work. I really like this one. You're walking around life. <laughs> do you ever feel like that? What have you been doing today? Oh, I don't know. Just, you know, walking around, <laughs> right? I got something to eat. I found it in a corner, slept over there, right? I mean, this is what Paul's ex- uh, is describing here. Take your ordinary life. He doesn't say making money, you know, doing your, he just says you're eating, you're sleeping, you're kind of walking around, meaning going to work, you know, your business stuff. And, and, and you're kind of existing life. Take that and place it before God as an offering. So take what you've got, give it to him, place it before God, embracing what God does for you, in the, and that's the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you, you fit into it without even thinking, right? Don't, don't become so comfortable with the world around you that you're just kind of in this rut. You're just so, so just fit into it. Don't become well-adjusted. Instead, fix your attention on God. May your eyes be focused on Him. You will be changed from the inside out. Which is interesting because our culture today is changing from the outside in. Changing the appearance, changing everything on the outside. Our comfort, our, you know, the, the, the money, the stuff, all kinds of stuff on the outside in. Paul says, don't do that. Don't get caught up in that. Change from the inside out. Keeps going on. Readily recognize what He, God, wants from you and quickly respond to it. See, I think that's interesting. Sometimes we recognize what God wants, but we are not immediately obedient. He says, recognize what God is telling you to do and go for it. Get going. Get on your way. Grab that journey. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you. And that develops well-formed maturity in you. Here's the good news. Paul is kind of touching on this saying, everyone gets stuck in a rut. Your ordinary, everyday life. This just existing. Everyone gets stuck in that. In fact, you might be in one right now as I've talked about it. You might be thinking, I'm just kind of going. You know you're kind of going when the days just kind of bleed into one another. When you can't remember the last thing that God has taught you. Or you can't remember the engaging or this or that. And you're just kind of existing. Anybody there? We get there. The good news is Paul is saying you might be in it. Admit it and move on. Get going because God wants to transform that rut of your life. That humdrum experience. God wants to transform that into an extraordinary relationship. That's why we exist here. That's why K2's doors are open. Paul says, what does God want from you? Look back at the verse there. He says he wants you to fix your attention on him. In verse 2 there, fix your attention on him. Start seeing 
the ways he wants to change you from the inside out. Recognize that. Embrace that. Go for it. And then respond. Paul's nodding his head here, saying the culture around you has a way of numbing your relationship with your Lord. Recognize that. Respond. Quickly go. Do not become so well-adjusted to your culture that you just kind of fit in with it without even thinking. Don't just copy behaviors. Just don't settle for that. Don't get stuck in that rut. The patterns of the world that you see that, that, that are just kind of indifferent to your relationship with God. Don't buy that. Don't buy that. Don't become complacent in your relationship with God. Don't go through the motions and get easily sidetracked. Respond and get on your way. Paul admits to this that he's been caught up in this, which is really cool because cool, I think Paul is a great guy. You know, you, you look at the Apostle Paul and, and he was probably a real man's man. He wrote a lot of the Bible right in the New Testament and he wrote all kinds of great letters and he has so much wisdom that God gave him. And so it's really great when a guy like that starts to admit, I was stuck in a rut. I was totally in a rut, had the wrong motivation, had the wrong focus, completely everything. When he admits that, I feel way better about myself. You? Yeah, I feel really good about that. Look at this in Philippians chapter 3. Starting in verse 7. Here's what he says. He said, once I thought all of these things, all the stuff that he had, all the accolades, all the many things of this world, the culture, everything that he had accumulated and, and his accomplishments, all of those things were so very important. But now, he says, I consider them worthless. Other translations actually say garbage. It's garbage. I consider it all garbage because of what Christ has done. So when I take all of, all of my life, all my ac- accumulation, all of the accolades, all the things hanging on the wall, all the things that are around me, when I take that and I compare it to who Christ is, the stuff of this world has no value. But what was Paul chasing the whole time? The stuff of the world. He said, so when I start to compare it, I realize it has no value. It's garbage. It's worthless. Verse 8. Yes, everything is worthless when compared to the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord. I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I may have Christ. Look in verse 12 here. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. (laughs) So I love that because Paul's saying, I haven't arrived. I'm still on my way. I like that. I like that. That gives me lots of hope. Paul didn't arrive. Excellent. So I, you know, I, I, I still need to go. But I keep working towards the day that when I finally will be all that Christ Jesus saved me for and wants me to be. So the end is in sight there. Verse 13. No, dear brothers and sisters, I am still not all I should be. Thanks, Paul. Love that. But I am focusing all my energies on this one thing. Listen to this. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14. I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us up to heaven. Shared coffee with a man uh, uh, that attends K2 a couple days ago. And he was just telling me how he, he felt like he was really living in the past pretty hard. Really, really hard. He felt like the, the past was just completely haunting him and it's all he was consumed in thinking about. He was just thinking about the stuff that he had done and, the, and, and, and all, the, all the sum total of his life. And it was just consuming his thought life. And one day he was here in the mountains. He was driving up around a corner. And the sun, you know what I'm talking about. When the sun is like about 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, it just blinds through. It you know, just comes over the hills. It just blinds you. And you can't see anything. 
And he was deep in prayer at that moment with God, wrestling through some of these things. And he comes around the corner, and he's completely blinded. And he looked at me, he goes, Andy, I couldn't see anything. I was totally blind. I'm like, did you stop? He goes, no. I'm like, weird. He said, I heard this voice inside of me that said, trust me. I'm like, you're insane. He goes, I know. And, and, and he said, God was just telling me, trust me. He said, so I just held on, and I came around the corner, and I was okay. I'm like, thank goodness. He goes, but the most incredible sight as I had been, I had been praying about the past and, and helping, uh, wondering if I could forget and, you know, and just w- looking towards the future and trying to trust God and all that. As soon as I came around the corner of the sun, I went in back into a shadow and my, my vision was restored and there was a car coming towards me. And the, the side mirror had been snapped off. And he heard this voice from God say to him in his heart, don't be looking back anymore. In faith, move forward with me. Press on for what I'm making in you. Forget the past. Move on. Run this race. Go forward. Receive the prize that God has for you. Focus all of your energies, everything on one thing, and that is following Jesus Christ. That's an adventure with God. Jesus said in John 10, 10, oh, one of my favorite verses, I have come that you would have life that you would have life to the full. The Greek there is perosis, which means this life to the full, this super abundant in quality, super superior in excess, exceedingly, beyond measure, beyond what you just need, beyond the rut of your life. That's why Jesus came, John 10.10, to give you that sort of life. And so as we embark on the 50-day adventure, that's what we're saying. The Bible is saying this is available to you. Not the rut life, not just the, the status quo, not just the, the existing, the just barely surviving. Jesus said, I've come to give you this news that is beyond your wildest imagination. Do you want to engage in that? And so for the next 50 days, we are going to do that as a body of Christ. We're going to come together with one another, and we're going to say, what is it, God? What is it in my life, in this personal journey with you, that I can engage and get some traction on in 50 days? One thing. We're going to give you a great tool to do that. But here's, here's a few things I want you to know along the way before I tell you about this tool. The first thing is this, is that you can do this adventure with God. You can. I think sometimes we listen to this voice inside of us that goes, you can't do this. You totally cannot track along with God. You can't. You don't know enough. You're not good enough. You're not this. You're not that. You, blah, 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 blah. You can't do it. You continue to fail. And so the enemy attacks us all the time. And the first thing I need you to know is you can do it. God says, engage me in relationship. Participate with me. Fall in love with me. You can do this. Last night, uh, my dad and I, we were actually hanging out at my parents' house, and we went downstairs and we watched uh, on YouTube. Have you heard of YouTube? It's amazing. Um, it's, it's, it's this place where they have all these videos. And you can actually go on there. We typed in Ken Block. Have you heard of Ken Block? This guy is off the chart. He's a rally race car driver. We, we, we share the love of cars. And he drives a Subaru WRX STI 530 horsepower. Some of you just went, what? Yeah, right. It, it's a phenomenal car. It's zero to 60 and like blur. I don't know. It's really, really fast. And Ken Block takes this car and it's almost like an extension of his body. 
And we watch this, this video where he just, he'll, he'll, he'll fly between cones and, and he weaves and he goes all around and he's doing turns sideways in his car. And I get done watching this video and a lot of you guys will know how I feel when I get done watching the video. Ladies, you just have to take our word for it. But I watch something like this and I go, oh yeah, put another one on, right? And it's this weird adrenaline thing inside of me and, and I, I just love it. And then I go out and, and I get into my car, a Camry. It's not even a V6. It's like V4. Can you call it a V4? I don't know. It's four. It's kind of got a rubber band, some squirrels in there, right? And, and 530 squirrels. I don't know. It's really just anticlimactic. Actually, last night I didn't get into the Camry. Got into a minivan, right? I'm not sure which one's worse, right? And just, oh, man, you can't do a power slide in that. I've tried. You just can't. And so I often feel, you feel discouraged, don't you? You like golf, you watch the PGA, it's discouraging, right? And I think the enemy likes to discourage us in our personal adventure with with Christ. You can't do this. You're not holy enough. You're not this enough. You're not smart. You're nothing. The first thing I need you to know as you bark on this 50 days is you can do it. You can do it. The Bible's full of people that shouldn't have done it that shouldn't have, have been anything. Amos, an untrained professional. For goodness sake, he, he was a herdsman. He looked after uh, cattle and sheep and goats and stuff. In fact, he also took care of trees. What do you do? I take care of trees. Cool. And I'm also a prophet of God, right? And God used him huge. It's kind of as a side job. Amos, Elijah, a guy who just, James chapter five, look at this on the screen here. Elijah was a man just like us. That's really encouraging. Because God used this guy in a huge way. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it didn't rain on the land for three and a half years. He prayed again. And the heavens gave rain. And the earth produced its crop. We could go on and on and on and on pointing out people in the Bible that just seemed insignificant, that shouldn't have made a difference, and probably in and of themselves, just like you and me, they probably wouldn't. The difference is they had full access to a relationship with God. The difference is you have full access to the kingdom of God today through Jesus Christ. And when you're in a rut, you don't feel like it, though. I've tried before. I've failed before. I'm I'm, I'm not what I should be. I'm not this. I'm not that. The first thing you need to know as you embark on this 50-day adventure is you can do it. With the strength of God, you can do it and enjoy this this personal adventure. Here's the second thing I want you to know. Not only can you do it, (laughs) but the Bible talks about this relationship with God that you should do it. You actually should engage with God for your life. God tells us, go for it. Don't be satisfied with your rut. Don't be satisfied with your status quo. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. Look at this. It's on the screen here. (coughs) Excuse me. Verse 13, anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let's go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. Move on. 
What Paul is saying here is he's not knocking the fact that people, people are, are drinking milk. He's not saying, oh, that's horrible. No, because you have to start somewhere in your relationship with God. You have to start there. He's saying, but move on to your solid food. How do you do that? By training yourself, by engaging, by participating, by seeing this extraordinary event, this relationship with God, and actually engaging, not vicariously living through other people, or vicariously living through your pastor, or vicariously living through your church experience on Sunday morning. Take it with you. Make this your adventure and continue to go. I think about Chloe. Many of you have kids. You know exactly what I'm talking about. When, when Chloe was born, she's two, almost two now, and she, she, would, she would drink this milk. And it was so tidy and nice because she would just take the milk and she would drink it and there's no mess, really. But now, it's like nuclear bombs go off because she insists on eating her own food. And I have this wrestle with her sometimes, especially when I'm, when I'm running late or something. Like, we'll take the yogurt. And I'm like, no, 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 just daddy. No, 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 just dad. Just dad. Don't reach. No, just dad. And she's constantly like, that, you know. And so recently, we've actually given her access. She grabs the food and, and she, she, she goes like this. No, she doesn't. She's like, you know, and it's over. It's all over. And you're like, ah, you're a mess. And she's training herself. I'm still like that sometimes, right? She's training. She's moving from this milk to the solid food. It's messy. It's hard. It's discouraging. But you can do it. You should do it to move in your relationship with God. You need to engage God in order to deepen that. Second Timothy chapter one. It's not on the screen here talks about fanning into flame this gift that you have. Avoiding the rut. You need to fan into flame what God is doing in your life. In Matthew 28 and 19 and Mark chapter 16 and Luke 24, we see something called the Great Commission. And this is where Jesus said, I'm handing the ball to you now. I'm leaving. And here's what I want you to do. He said, you need to Go. You have to engage. You need to be responsible. You need to go on this adventure and walk with me, engage with me, and participate. You can do it. You should do it. There's one more thing I want to point out that the scripture says is that it also never ends. This adventure that you're on never, ever ends. It's never like you actually come to the end of completing it. I may have mentioned this to you before, I can't remember, but there was a fantastic commercial on a couple of years ago, a guy on the internet. Do you remember this? And he's, he's on the internet, and, and you can see the cameras uh, uh, over the screen, and you see his face, and behind him you see his wife in the kitchen, and he's typing, and he's just typing, and he goes, oh, w- 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 wow, wow. And his wife in the background goes, what? He goes, I just got to the end. She goes, what do you mean? He's like, I just did the whole internet. She's like, wow, that's amazing. He's like, I know. And that's the whole commercial, right? Unlike that, that's not what our adventures are are, are like. We don't ever actually arrive. We never actually get to the very end until God actually takes us home. You can do it. You should do it. It it continues to go. Paul says it this way in verse verse 12. I want to read it one more time in in chapter 3. You'll see it on the screen here. I don't mean to say, he said, that I've already achieved these things. I haven't reached perfection. I keep working towards the day. I keep running. I keep going for it. It's a lifelong pursuit. Focusing, gaining traction, pursuing God. Let me just be clear here. Not earning God's love, but falling in love with Him again and again and again. None of you, if you're married, none of you in here only said I love you on your wedding day. Because that'd just be weird. 
If your wife said, you know, do you love me? Yeah, I mean, I told you on our wedding day. (laughs) Why do you need to like hear it every day? That's just weird. I mean, I said it once. I'm good for my word. You don't do that, do you? You continue to say it again, and not only with your words, but with your deeds and your kindness. The same is true with God. If this is a relationship, an adventure with him, to continue to track with him all the time. Here's the last thing. Is that the best adventures are shared. The best adventures are shared. I get the question all the time. Uh, can, hey, can I, can I be a follower of Christ and not actually go to church? Answer? Yeah, absolutely. But I believe that you will miss out on the best part of God's body. And that's everyone sitting around you right now. That the best adventures in life are shared. To be done in community. And so that's why we're going to take the next 50 days and do this together. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, I came across this verse not too long ago, and it really, because we've been working on this, uh, this project, really jumped off the page and just spoke to me. Kind of rocked me. Verse 5, test yourself. Make sure you are solid in your faith. Don't drift along like uh, taking everything for granted, but give yourself regular checkups. This is in the message version. You need firsthand evidence not just mere hearsay that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it. And if you fail the test, do something about it. How do you know if you're engaged with God? How do you know if you're actually experiencing this adventure we're talking about? That's what this 50-day adventure is about. So let me tell you a little bit about this. About a year and a half ago, we started asking the questions, how can we as a church actually take next steps together? and actually take personal responsibility for growing in Christ. And how do you know how to do that? And how do we do that? You know, I look back on what we preached on last year. We actually have very, very few chances on a Sunday morning to actually tell you guys something. I know it seems often when you're sitting there like a lot, but we just don't have very much time in the course of a year to share what's on our hearts. So how, how can we all be responsible for our personal uh, walking with God, this adventure that he calls us to, and, and that we're living life to the full, and that we're actually going for it. And, and so all of this, all this questioning and, and this conversation came to this point where we said, we have got, we've got to come up with a way. We've got to be able to figure this out. We began to pray about it for a long period of time. And out of that came this 50-day adventure. And so what we've done is, is online, we've actually made this, this little tiny 55-question test it's going to go live uh, during the second service today. So some of you will already be home. You can check it out. It's going to go live. And, and what we did is we, we started writing a lot of questions. And, and here's what we did is we wrote them in five different areas. We, we asked the question, what does a follower of Christ really look like? According to the scripture, if, if, if I'm on a journey with God, if I'm participating and engaged with him, what are the areas of my life that need to be developed, that I need to have traction in? The first one that we came up with, as we looked and searched the scripture was this, is that uh, am I knowing who God is? And here's what I mean by that, is do I have a full understanding of the character of God? Do I really know who he is? If you're married, do you know who your spouse is? If you have children, do you really know them? You have a best friend, do they really know you? It's no different in a relationship with God. Do I know him? Could I explain who God is? Do I understand his character? Do I know the difference between just knowing God and knowing about God? That's the first area that this assessment deals with. Here's the second area. We realize as a follower of Christ that you have to have regular practices in your life. 
spending time with him, understanding how to, how to study his word, how to read the Bible, how to, how, to, how to give back resources that he gives to me, how to worship him. Oh, here's a big one. Actually, how to obey God. That's a practice. How do I do that? How do I engage with him in that way? The third area that we looked at was all throughout the Bible that talks about relationships and communities. I love that about K2. I look around. I'm just seeing so many people that I consider family here. I do have real family here, but this is family. The Bible talks about that all the time, that we enjoy each other as family. And so we deal with that in this assessment. How are you in healthy relationships? Are you engaging in those here at K2? Transparent relationships. The fourth area that we deal with on this assessment is serving. See, we are not called to just be just receivers and keep it in. We're called to actually give it away. That's why we say a church without walls, K2. We're not going to just be defined by this place. So how are you in the serving area of your relationship, your journey with God? We deal with that. Would, would the people close to you reflect on your life that, that you are giving more than you receive? Do you regularly use your time and your talents to help bless other people? Here's the last area that we talk about on this assessment, and that is the area of sharing my faith. Do I know how to actually actively share the story that God has placed in my life? When I put my faith in Jesus Christ, do I know how to articulate that to people? Am I doing that through the words or deeds of my life? Am I doing that? What's really wild is as I take a look at these five areas, you know where they came from? They just came from Jesus. You look at Jesus' life, and these are the things that he did. In John, Jesus says, you know what I do? This is a direct quote from him. He says, I only do what I see the Father doing. And as you look at Jesus' life, you see these things unfold. All of these things, these five deals. So what we're going to challenge you to do is to take the next 50 days and actually head home to your computer and jump online and take this quick assessment. And when you get to the end, you're going to see this really great little uh, graphic. We spared no expense on this. Look at this. Here it is. Look at those. Do you see the little guys there? Those aren't growths on their back. Those are backpacks. And uh, the little guys climb. It's like a weird um, uh, Price is Right game. But they climb the little mountain. And based off of your questions in five areas, those, those five areas, one, two, three, four, five areas down at the bottom, you can kind of see where you might land and kind of get an idea. Now, again, this is not a scientific test. But it's just a great little chance to give you some traction, maybe to help you get out of your rut in your, in your walk with Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? And what you do is, in the end, you would probably click on the guy that's lagging. See, lagging boy there in knowing God category. Uh, he needs a little help. So I, I would click on him when I get to the very, very end. And what happens is, based off of that category alone, you get access to all kinds of different resources that we've assembled. We've been working for months and months to say, what are the best books? What are the go-to books? I've met with many of, of you over coffee or in the office or just hanging out or whatever, just doing life together. We, we have those questions all the time. Hey, if I really wanted to do this, what would you, what would you want to read? Or what would I go to? What kind of resource? And so we've, uh, we've amassed a huge list. Not only that, but we've taken all the messages from the last five years, six years actually, of, of K2, even pre-launch, and we categorize all of them. And we have all of those available for you. To, to listen to and podcasts and articles will be added very, very soon. Not only just, just that knowledge, but there's experience too, isn't there? You just can't learn everything from a book. You can't, you gotta go and do it. And so if I'm low on the serving God category, on, on, on that little guy, I click on that and experiences come up. How can I actually tangibly right now today serve God in that area? 
I need to tell you that that, that actually is going to be the one that's low on mine. That's going to be low for me. And I've had to work at that. First, I had to admit it. And then I have to have people take me with them so that I start getting traction in the serving area. So I'm just not receiving, but that I'm actually giving and going for it. Every single one of these categories has, has a great resource page after it. And then you can print off this page and you can go back and you can take the test in another 50 days. And here's what we're asking you to do is to just take one step in the next 50 days. If you're low on knowing God, to engage that and ask the question, then how can I know God better? I click into the resources and I start doing it. One step I don't, I, don't know how to share, I don't know how to share my story. I don't know how to share my faith. I don't know how to put, put feet to that. I don't, I don't really know what to do. Then I'm going to take one step in the next 50 days, and I'm going to start to engage. How do I tell my story? In fact, we, I just said the best experiences are shared, right? You can totally do this alone. You could, but it won't be the best experience. So for the next 50 days, we're not going to only ask you, would you go on this adventure with us, but would you find somebody to go with you? I would never, I just need to tell you, I would never climb a peak without somebody. I just wouldn't do it. When I climbed Rainier, I, I was, I was uh, uh, roped up to five different guys together. When I go mountain climbing, you always have somebody on belay. You always have a partner there with you. The same is true with this 50-day adventure. Somebody in your life who you trust, who trusts you, that would go on this with you. That would say, Pete, how are you doing in that area? You know, Brian, how are you doing in that area? What can I do in this area? Can we walk along in these areas together? Can we sharpen one another? And at the end of 50 days, how exciting would that be that as a church body, if we would look back and say, we all took one step closer in our relationship, our adventure with God. Could Could we do anything better than that? Seriously, in your life in 50 days, could you do anything better than take one step closer to God? I submit you can't. There is nothing more important than that. Personaladventure.k2thechurch.com Personaladventure.k2thechurch.com You can go to our front of our webpage here in a couple hours and you can click right on it and you can take it right then and there. Here's a couple uh, homework items for you this week. First, we'd like to give you one of these little armbands as you walk out today. It just says, K2's 50-Day Adventure. And the reason why we want to give you this is wear it for the next 50 days. Wash it occasionally. You know, but wear it for the next 50 days. It does two things. One, as you look around people at K2 that might have that on, you'll know that they're on the adventure and we're doing it together. Two, it'll remind you as you wear it every single day that you're on the adventure and you're doing it together. You know what my prayer is going to be for the next 50 days? That every time I look at this, this is going to be my prayer. God, I want the adventure. I want the adventure. What am I saying? I don't want anything else. I want to focus on you. I want the adventure. What I'm saying is I want to take one step in the next 50 days to engage you. No matter where I'm at, no matter if this is your first day at K2 or this is your umpteenth day, no matter where you're at, to take one step. I want the adventure. That's why I'm standing here. I'm guessing that's why you're here today. It's because you want to walk in a relationship that is unlike anything else. Extraordinary but it means participation. God, I want the adventure. As you leave here today, if you want one of these, you can grab one at the door. This week, I want you to pray about who will walk along with you in this adventure. You may already know the person because you might be already walking with them. It's probably not gonna be your spouse. It'll probably not be, you know, somebody in your family. My guess is it's probably gonna be a close friend here at K2 or somebody you know. 
but I want you to pray this week. Next week, if you show up and you're like, I do not have anyone that will walk with me, then we would love to give you a personal trainer. Isn't that awesome? Free of cost. Comes with a free armband. We have a bunch of people in the wings that are waiting to engage with you for 50 days that want to walk with you, that want to track along with you and just love on you and just pray for you and have the conversation. So really what we're saying is it doesn't matter if you're really well connected here or if you're here for the very first time. There are opportunities for you to connect with people. Take the assessment this week. Grab your armband as you walk out of here and imagine with me. What kind of church would this be? in 50 days. A bunch of people from all different kinds of walks of life, herdsmen, people taking care of trees, people working on cars and teachers, professionals and doctors, moms that are raising families, small business owners, students, a bunch of people, hodgepodge people, right? Sold out to Jesus Christ saying, I'm not going to figure it all out right now. This is a lifelong journey, but I'm going to take one step. Can you imagine with me the impact that God can have through our lives so that the world may know that he is alive, that the world may know that there is a God who desperately loves them because you know that he loves you band, why don't you guys come on up? Paul kind of imagined in Colossians chapter 1 he said, and we pray this in order that you may have, that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. That's what this adventure is. For he has rescued us for the dominion of darkness. And he's brought us into the kingdom of his son. He loves. Did you hear the adventure in there? This God who wants to give you all strength. This God who wants to fill your life with joy. and Give you endurance and patience. This God who wants to take your life. And say you have no idea what I've created your life to be. Off the chart. Amazing! I didn't come and just die so you would have a humdrum life. I didn't die for the rut. I died that you would have life to the full. The question as we go into worship today then, and you need to answer this, is do you just want to experience the life as uh, this adventure as an observer or are you willing to participate? Because the day you say I'm willing to participate, I need to tell you, you don't even know what you're saying yes to. The best ride of your life, guys. More grace than you can understand. More forgiveness than you will ever imagine. Life to the full. That's what God came for. That's what Jesus died for. Not religion. Relationship. 
hope you're with me on this. This next 50 days could radically change your life. Could radically change your relationship with God. Some of you are going to come to this end of the 50 days and just go, that was amazing. And I took one step. And now I'm going to take another. And another. And another. Today I hope that you actually are a little unsatisfied with where you're at. That God is tugging at you. That you're hearing Him call you to engage with Him, to participate. The 50-day adventure. Let's pray. God, I, there's nothing more in my life than I just want to say I want you. That's really, if I take inventory and stock of my story, that's, that's all I want. I just, I want more of you. I just want more, 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 more. God, I want, I want just not more for me, but I want more for my family. God, I want more for my marriage. I want more for my kids. God, I, I want more for K2, the church. I don't care if you ever give us another dollar or another resource. You know what I want more of, God? More of you in us. I want more of you in me. God, would you take this church and just radically just turn us upside down, God? That we would be a people completely sold out. That we would be a people drinking full of your strength and your, your endurance and your patience and your joy and your grace and your forgiveness. God, there, there are some here today that are stuck. Because God, the ruts of life are deep. The existing and just the, the, the surviving seasons of our life are deep. So God, I pray that today, oh, today you would reach down and pick us up out of those ruts and give us traction that we can walk with you. So that we would want you more than anything else. God, don't let us be satisfied just observing. Uh, just sitting on the sidelines. Would you not let us be satisfied? Would your spirit continue to convict us and pull us up to our feet that we would be running? As Paul said, focused on you. Not satisfied for hearing that. Not satisfied with the status, the status quo or being sucked into the culture or just trying to fit in. But just running to you, God. Don't let us be satisfied until that's it. Move us, Lord. Thank you that we don't have to figure it out on our own. Lightning.